welcome to another Keel Hauled Podcast. I'm your host, Captain Logan, and we've got a lot of Sea of Thieves news to cover today, so tie yourselves to the mast and hold fast. All right, you pirates, I hope you're having a great week. Mine has been really good. I got a lot of sailing time in, and I got to meet some new people and check out some different streams around the community to see just what other people are doing and how they're doing. I was able to give out some advice, and I'm going to talk about a few things this week that if you haven't heard or been around on Reddit, you might have missed. So I want to give you some of the little things and tidbits that I've picked up as I've gone out sailing. But we're going to get in some other things first. First up on today's docket, I'm going to be covering the small patch that came last week. There wasn't a whole lot going on, but there was one very important thing that did get covered that I'm very happy to see. And it's actually helped me out a lot during my sailing as well. And that's ship respawn distance. The notes say when a ship sinks, we have significantly increased the distance at which the crew's new ship will respawn. Ships will now respawn outside the visible view of the ship that sank them. This is in response to a lot of players' feedback, which highlighted that previous spawn distances were resulting in quote-unquote griefing behavior and stalemates at the forts, which is very true. If you've heard any of my other episodes regarding this, you'll know I am a very, very big stickler about this point because it was always a battle of attrition. It was always who happened to get through the fort and managed to live with supplies enough to fight off other ships. And with them pushing back the distance, I've experienced this. I've lost a ship while fighting a fort, and we actually got kicked out. We were up in the top uh, left corner of the map, and we got kicked out to the bottom right corner of the map. So it was a big difference, and it actually did deter us from wanting to go all the way back to try and fight that other sloop. Because we did get our, our butts handed to us. It was a good crew. They definitely deserved it, and we actually went off and sailed to do more voyages, and by the time the Skull Fort had disappeared, we had actually accrued a fair amount of uh, gold and stuff on our own, just through chests and shipwrecks and other stuff, and we were uncontested doing that, so... It's a welcome change. It's a good change. I'm glad that they're listening to players and what what we're experiencing. Uh, they're also changing the mermaid teleport that it's, it's kind of more certain. If you didn't know, I didn't know this because I never tried it because I knew it was not possible in the betas. But apparently some people didn't know that this was not supposed to happen. And they were taking loot through the mermaid. And that is now fixed. You cannot carry stuff back to your ship using the mermaid so glad to see that bug fixed uh i never took advantage of it because i just didn't even know it was something people were able to do all right one of the other things on today's docket is going to be talking a little bit about the sdk that was released and then subsequently data mined a lot of it just talks about some of the different classes that apparently rare might have in the works all of this is not confirmed so we don't know for sure if this is really going to happen but it's nice to see that they're at least putting in a couple things in the game that are considered wieldable objects and what i'm talking about is bread banjos boarding axes coconuts dice drum fiddle fish meat heavy sword mango pets uh pineapple pomegranate rapiers uh scrub brush i don't know what the scrub brush is for maybe for cleaning up vomit but then they also have things like uh, shark meat in a speaking trumpet 
And what I want to know from you guys is what do you think about some of these different objects? What do you think about a, like a boarding axe or something that could be used to kind of hatch it off different plank, planks in a boat to make it uh, open up the hole that you had originally opened with a cannonball so that it sinks faster? Because right now, if you're trying to sink another ship, the only way you can do it is by powder keg throwing water on their ship or blowing holes in their hull. But if they already have holes and they patch those up, I would love to be able to take a hatchet and use that as one of my weapons to be able to knock or hurt other players, but to also be able to hack away at some of those planks to make it easier for me to kind of sink their ship. On the topic of weapons, I found some interesting kind of discussions about what the best way to approach PvE versus PvP content with weapon combinations. Because as it stands, we only get the opportunity to use one uh, weapon per slot. So we've got two slots. So you can either use a sword and a pistol or the flintlock. You can use a sword and a blunderbuss or the sword and the eye rich reach. Um, you can use any combination of guns and swords. And for me, I feel like there's a proper way to go about using those combinations. When I'm fighting skeletons, especially because I'm going to be fighting multiple types of skeletons, I feel like the best way to approach this is going to be a sword for sure, because you need to be able to take care of the ferns if you need to, and then possibly a blunderbuss for the goldies. The shades and the standard ones you can typically take out with a combination of either of those two weapons. Now, when it comes down to PvP, I've seen this work well, and I've used it in my own play games, uh, or play playing experience, and that's going to be a blunderbuss and a flintlock. And the reason for that is because typically most people have learned that a face shot with a blunderbuss is instant death. So they've been kind of moving around and kind of adjusting to that kind of play style. So you can generally get most shot from a blunderbuss to hit a person, but it's not always enough to kill them in one shot. So usually I'll switch quickly over to my flintlock and use the more precision one shot to try and hit them so that I can finish off that last bit of health that they have. That being said, if you run out of gunshot then you're you're typically SOL like there's no chance you're going to be able to do anything you'll have to run away at that point but if you are boarding another ship you can always use their ammo box to refill your shot and you can also use their barrel of bananas as well so until they change it so that you can't use other ships ammo chests which I don't think is ever going to happen because I think it's an integral part of being on another person's ship is to be able to use their resources against them then I think you should really consider getting good with the blunderbuss and the flintlock to be able to get a good spray to chunk off most of their health and then finish them off with a flintlock and then evade them the rest of the time because most people are still not getting under the, the they're still not getting into that mindset of you're engaging with another team you need to change your weapons to accommodate that because most people don't want to let you get into sword reach and that's where you're going to have an advantage if you go in with two guns now the eye of reach is still kind of a hard thing for me to feel like there's a strong place for it like it's really good if you're the guy in the crow's nest at an island and all you're doing is just watching to make sure that other ships aren't coming or you're trying to help make 
make sure that other people on the island are able to find chests or skeletons in a way and you want to be able to help out so you have the eye reach to be able to help snipe off other skeletons that are spawning when they start digging up chests things like that otherwise the eye of reach is not as helpful unless you're trying to snipe out the captain on another ship while they're chasing you but at that point you really need to adjust what you're doing because there could be other things on that ship that you're doing that are a lot more worthwhile and that usually comes around to how good of a crew do you have if you have a big crew and everyone's manning the sails and everyone's steering then yeah grab a keg drop it behind you grab an eye of reach snipe out the captain so they can't evade it and then it'll blow up and they'll have to go down drop anchor jump on their ship kill the people trying to repair down below and then steal anything that they might have not that i've done that but i would like to i also put out a twitter poll now keep in mind i don't have a very large reach uh, but I do have a lot of people that follow me that are nice enough to share their thoughts on what their favorite weapon of choice is in Sea of Thieves right now. And it's got a little bit of time left on it, but I'm just going to let you know right now, it looks like the Blunderbuss is the highest used or the highest preferred weapon on the list of Sword, Flintlock, Blunderbuss, and Eye of Reach. Eye of Reach obviously has the least because so few people actually like to use it. I think as time goes on, a lot more people are going to want to learn how to get better with the Flintlock and Blunderbuss. Now keep in mind, this was just a poll to find out what their favorite weapon is, not their favorite combination of weapons. I might do another one later on that actually gives more options between double pistol or double uh, gun or a, a combination of sword and gun, depending on what like what they like to do. But again, it's all situational, so it's hard to know. Speaking on this, I just found out that someone has gone through and done a diagram based on each weapon and how much damage they actually do. So if you're looking at this, the pistol is 50% of a person's health. The blunderbuss has 10 shots and each shot equaling 10% of their health. The cutlass is a little more towards a... Uh, I'd say like a sixth of health and the eye of reach is a little more than 50% of health. It actually brings someone down into the red. So if you want to look at more, I retweeted this over at CAPT underscore L-O-G-U-N on Twitter. If you join my discord, it'll also be in the general channel under pinned messages. <laughs> Next up on today's docket, I've got some information from Mr. Joe Neat. He and Craig Duncan have gone through and released a note letting us know a little bit more about the top feedback points. So instead of doing a video, they went ahead and just released a notice uh, letting us know what was going on. So they're basically just addressing that ship respawns have been completed. They're looking at spawn killing uh, players that get stuck in our die respawn die cycle if another crew stays around on their ship. The work in progress is a short-term mitigation for this is that more to make more players aware of the scuttle option as a way of getting out of this scenario now i don't really like this because it means you're giving up on your ship which you may have spent a lot of time either gathering items or gathering gathering supplies and that's kind of a a, a, a crappy it's a bum deal if you don't want to have to scuttle your ship so they are looking at ways to try and move ships to other world instances if they are caught in a grieving situation but that is a really 
really tough thing to really kind of understand. Like, what's the difference between general PvP and trying to use uh, another ship to gather supplies if you need the supplies and you are a better crew and you're able to take over another ship? You want to have time to be able to get those supplies. So kind of hard to understand. It's it's hard to see, like, what the best way to deal with this is, especially since it's harder for you to get help out on the open sea when you don't have the opportunity to talk to anyone on the rest of the server. The other thing that they're talking about is brig abuse. P players are misusing the brig for various reasons. The most common of these we have seen are to hold a slot either because people because they want to play as a pirate crew or because they want to play with people with mics or people speaking the same language. Now they are actually working on this and the thing that I like is that they're working on making sure that slots can be closed so that it's an invite only slot for different things. This allows you to be able to save spots for players if you know someone either disconnects through an almond beard error or someone that's planning on getting on later and you just know that they're going to be getting on. This is going to help out streamers a lot because a lot of streamers typically get on at different times or have time to talk with their audience as they're kind of getting ready to play and to be able to start up a ship and be able to have your other people who've been on for a while get things ready before the other players hop in is going to be really beneficial for streamers I think. I think it's going to be really great for them. One of the other things that they're looking to do is they want to make sure that if you are trying to play with people who have microphones, that that is possible. Yesterday, I got on a crew, and unfortunately, two of the people had no microphones. They could listen to us, but they couldn't respond well. And one of them was really good at using the contextual radial for chat. He did a really great job, but it was always hard to try and understand what they were doing. If they saw something, they couldn't really say something specific like, hey, we should stop the boat because I see a ship or a message in a bottle on the beach. They just had to go. They just had to go do something. And, and sometimes it didn't make a whole lot of sense to the people that were on microphone and communicating because we had talked about what we wanted to do and we had a plan and we were going to try and accomplish that with the other people, even though they didn't have microphones. So there were definitely times where we wanted to go to a shipwreck and the other person wanted to go to the island where the quest was. And much to them not listening to us, they hijacked the wheel, they hijacked the anchor. They basically kind of messed with our ability to improvise on our goal, even though we were trying to communicate with him through text and through voice chat. It's really tough in those instances to not want to automatically break someone because the easiest way to take them from being able to disrupt your gameplay with other people that you are talking with is to 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 basically break them and and, and to not want to, to to want to be able to play the game with people that don't have microphones really it's it's a lot tougher than it should be. So the thing that they're looking to do is they're trying to make matchmaking set up so that you can designate whether you want to play with people with microphones or not because the, the best play experience really is going to be with other people that have microphones. I have done it without microphones. It's a lot tougher. I'm a lot more passive in what I do and I go along with the crew that does have microphones if I can't hear them. So they did also cover cheating. They did find a lot of people were cheating and I talked a lot about this last time they do have a zero tolerance approach to cheating. So if you are cheating, your Xbox Live account will get banned. They also talked about content plans. They say, we hear and understand 
that people are keen to understand what our plans are for updating Sea of Thieves beyond the top experience fixes. We are currently in the midst of adjusting our roadmap based on feedback we have received since launch. We have a ton of planning meetings continually continuing through this week. We plan to release a video next week updating everyone on how we plan to evolve Sea of Thieves moving forward. We totally understand that people want to see this ASAP, but the critical thing here is to have the right plan that allows Sea of Thieves to grow in the right way. Thank you. Thank you, Joni. Thank you, Craig Duncan. Thank you, team at Rare, for letting us know that you are listening, that you will be showing us something, and that hopefully something will come sooner rather than later. I know that a lot of tweets have gone out and people have talked about this before. We're hopefully going to be getting something in May instead of June. I hope that they pushed up that roadmap, that they're bringing more content quicker because people are finding that they are wanting more skins, more customizations, more events, more variety on skeletons or bosses in general krakens getting more difficult different kinds of of sea life whether it be megalodons or uh, whales things like that they want to have more things that are going to be making the world more dynamic and i agree with that i think we should be able to have more content sooner uh we shouldn't have to wait too much longer because even myself am starting to get past that halfway point to 50 i know it's going to be a lot tougher the higher i get up but i do want to know that something else is going to be coming so that when i'm done buying the stuff that i want to buy right now which i've got just about everything i need that i won't have to worry about how long before the next content drop one little bit that i do want to go back to on the cheating i don't know if this is their response to pirate legend and prodigy x i've had a lot of people talk to me since the podcast last episode letting me know that they are at least seeing a different perspective when i do it I want to let you know right now, I don't condone what Prodigy X did. I appreciate what he's trying to do now, but I would much rather play the game by grinding out the levels myself. That's what I've been doing. I'm glad that I'll eventually hit Pirate Legend that way, as opposed to trying to rely on other people or trying to give other people my account to, to work on it when I'm not able to. So I really appreciate everyone out there. The whole Pirate Legend thing is past us. Let's move on towards the future. And I'm hoping that in the future, when we all are Pirate Legends, we can look back at this and realize that it wasn't as big of a deal as it probably should have been on the community. Next thing up on today's docket, I'm going to go into a little couple tips and tricks that I think every pirate should know as they're going out into the Sea of Thieves to make sure that they are better prepared when dealing with other things in the world. So the first thing I want to talk about is called double digging. And I found this uh, helpful video on Reddit that let you know, lets you kind of know what some of the, the better ways to actually dig up chests are. And when you're digging, you normally dig and then the animation takes a while for it to reset before you can dig again the way you can kind of interrupt this animation is by hitting the stow button and that's going to be different for whether or not you're on xbox or pc i believe it's y for pc or for xbox and x for pc this allows you to if you hit that you'll stow your uh, shovel and then as soon as you hit it again it'll bring your shovel back out and your shovel will be ready for another dig so you dig stow stow and then dig again and you can actually increase the amount of time or decrease the amount of time it takes to dig up chests so you can get them up quicker this is really important when you know that other 
pirates are coming or if skeletons respawn and you want to try and get a couple good digs in before you have to disengage from digging out the chest and actually taking on the pirates or the skeletons. The other tip I want to go into is the sword lunge. A lot of people have learned this, but I just want to explain it so that it's a little bit easier to understand. So you have your normal three swipes with a sword and you have a powerful lunge and the lunge is very good when dealing with skeletons. The trouble is, is that when you start a lunge, you're generally stuck in place while you charge up that attack. And while you're waiting, skeletons often move around you when you're trying to hit them. So the best way to counter this is to hold your sword up with the block and then lunge. When you go back into that lunge animation, it frees your character up so that you can actually move around. So you can kind of move backwards to keep the skeletons lined up with you, or you can move forward into the ocean so you can get right up on that edge between where the sand and the ocean dip far enough for you to start treading water. And you can use that lunge action to get back to a ship quicker as well too. So just a couple tips that I wanted to throw out there. Make sure you guys are still learning as pirates, hearing different things that you can do to kind of mix up what kind of weapons you're using or how you're digging or how you can more efficiently tank out skeleton forts. A few things just to help out. I love letting you guys know about this because I learned them and then I want to make you guys better pirates as well too because I know eventually we're all going to be crewing together somewhere sometime and I want to make sure that we're all on the same page with the best tips on how to be the best pirates. Alright, so the last thing on today's docket is going to be a new kind of in-game chance to win an Xbox One. If you have seen this, you probably already know, but Chips Ahoy are going to have a contest going, or at least kind of a, a special thing for their cookies. So... I don't know about you. I love Chips Ahoy Chewy. I am addicted to those. It's a it's a it's a problem. I've sought help for it. They've told me there's no help in in any capacity for me. I just have to live with the fact that I love Chips Ahoy Chewy cookies. And you may be the ones that are like, no, that's disgusting. You have to go with the original ones. They're hard. Or you may be the ones that are just like, nah, I like the really chunky ones. But for me personally, Chips Ahoy Chewy are my favorite. And now I'm going to have the opportunity in May to actually start unlocking more free exclusive items in game or a chance to actually win an Xbox One X. I don't actually have an Xbox at all. I've only had the original one with the original Duke controller. And that was back when we were playing with Halo and linked up systems through GameStops and we had competitions. And that was that was my experience with Xbox. But it'll be cool to, to get to continue eating the the thing that I have a horrible addiction to while being able to win more in-game items. The thing that I want to, to stress about this is the, the stuff that you buy outside of the game seems to be the coolest looking gear. Now, I, I'm not going to say that anyone wearing Bilge Rat or Admiral's gear doesn't look good. Some of that stuff does look good. I, I'm just saying the Black Dog and the Ferryman stuff outside of like Pirate Legend and the Ghost Garbs are some of the coolest looking clothes in the game because it's pretty much the closest you're going to get to any actual pirate movie where they're walking around in awesome cool black clothing with black flags everywhere and stuff like that i i feel like if you aren't buying this ec extra stuff the the controller the 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 listening to the mixer streams when they're doing contests through that or you're buying these cookies you're not going to have as cool looking gear in my opinion as the stuff that you would normally buy in game and i feel like that is a huge kind of problem that 
I, I, I don't really know how to express this without just being really mean, but you, you really kind of go into the game wanting to look cool, and a lot of the stuff in the game, in my mind, just isn't cool, except for the stuff that I got when I pre-ordered, or I bought the controller, or I did other ways outside of the game to get different gear. So I'm hoping with this content drop that we're hopefully going to get in May, that we'll actually have some stuff that looks good that we didn't have to buy outside of stuff to get because new pirates are going to want to look cool too and they're not going to be able to go back and pre-order the game the game's already out and they're not going to be able to go back and watch mixer streams to be able to get cool gun skins and they're not going to want to have to spend 80 bucks or 70 bucks or however much money to get an item that they may not need because they already have a system and have controllers to get good looking loot so i feel bad for the people coming into it especially the folks that want to try it on game pass since launch after things have kind of calmed down and things have gotten better for them to not be able to get as cool of gear as stuff that was for the early adopters people like myself who were really invested in the game before it came out and knew that it was going to be a lot of fun regardless of any kind of technical issues or content drop so hopefully rare is looking at this i'm sure they don't really have a whole lot of say in this i'm pretty sure a lot of this is stuff that is dictated from microsoft and microsoft is saying hey you need to make sure that you have items designated for these contests so that when we put it out it'll drum up uh drum up kind of promotional material for it basically so that it'll get more people to jump into the game now that they've won an Xbox or they've won this in-game content, they want to go check it out and see what the game is. But I feel like forcing people to buy items outside of the game just to get the best looking gear is kind of a, a, a pain in the butt for, for the people that have been playing the game for a while. You shouldn't have to go do that. Now, I'm already a huge avid Chips Ahoy fan, so I'm not I'm not really, like, I'm not upset about this in the sense that I feel like I'm going to miss out because I know I'm going to buy the damn cookies anyway, but I know that I want to be able to have options outside of buying outside stuff to get good gear. I mean, isn't that what everyone wants? Better looking gear in game that I don't have to buy outside stuff for. I've said that a lot. I'm going on. I just wanted to end on that because it is starting in May. I know I'm going to be getting a lot of it. And I feel like other people should be able to get good stuff without having to buy cookies and contributing to their sugar comas. All right, you pirates. That's going to do it for me today. I hope you have a great time. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you do, feel free to let me know over on uh, Apple Podcasts. Feel free to leave me a review. If you want to get in touch with me, there's many ways to do it. The first way is by email, C-A-P-T-L-O-G-U-N at, at gmail.com. If you want to reach out to me on Twitter, I'm at C-A-P-T underscore L-O-G-U-N. I'm over on Twitch. I finally was able to get streaming. I went into the properties and I got stream available through disabling full screen optimization and running as administrator so I can actually stream Sea of Thieves and have it be a little better now that it's easy for me to play it and be able to have good frame rate on screen. So you can meet me over at Twitch. I usually stream Tuesdays, Thursdays, and sometime on Saturdays I try to stream a couple hours but I'm Pacific Coast so it's generally later. If you want to sail with me, you can reach me on the Xbox app. Gamertag is C-A-P-T-A-I-N-L-O-G-U-N. That's it. Captain Logan. I've also got links to the Discord in the notes, so if you want to jump over to Keelhauled Podcast Discord, feel free to join in on the conversation. I try to put a lot of information and news that comes up around there. Once again, 
Thank you very much. I love you, Pyrus. I hope to look forward to sailing with you in the future.